Welcome to the Weird History Podcast. I'm Joe Streckert. This is an independent, listener-supported show. To support it, go to weirdhistorypodcast.com. Imagine, if you will, that a large, prominent region of the globe, a significant portion of an actual continent, a part of the world you would recognize on a world map, was named after a mythical creature. Like if we were to call Scandinavia Elfland, or North America west of the Rockies Dragontown, or if we referred to Siberia as, say, Ogerheim, that kind of thing. Well, you know how introductions like this work, and you've probably glanced at the title of this episode, so you've probably been able to deduce that this is not a hypothetical. There really is a large chunk of continent named after a mythical creature, and that would be Patagonia, the southern bit of South America consisting of Argentina and Chile. And for years, Europeans thought that that part of the world was the domain of giants. People claimed to see them, they were drawn on old maps, and the term Patagonia, well, that comes from the name that Europeans gave these giants. So, where does this come from? Well, the first big reference that we have to the Patagonian giants is from Antonio Pigafetta, a survivor of the Magellan Expedition, and in his memoirs of that trip, he writes, quote, Leaving that place, we finally reached 49 and one-half degrees toward the Antarctic Pole. As it was winter, the ships entered a safe port to winter. We passed two months in that place without seeing anyone. One day, we suddenly saw a naked man of giant stature on the shore of the port dancing, singing, and throwing dust on his head. The Captain General, that would be Magellan, sent one of our men to the giant so that he might perform the same actions as a sign of peace. Having done that, the man led the giant to an islet into the presence of the Captain General. When the giant was in the Captain General's and our presence, he marveled greatly and made signs with one finger raised upward, believing that we had come from the sky. By the way, that is totally conjecture on Pigafetta's part, which you shouldn't do, but he goes on. He was so tall that we reached only to his waist, and he was well proportioned. His face was large and painted red all over, while about his eyes he was painted yellow, and he had two hearts painted on the middle of his cheeks. His scanty hair was painted white. Unquote. Pigafetta goes on to explain how Magellan and his crew met several other so-called giants, captured a few, and took them by force onto their ship, but the supposed giants later died on the voyage. By the way, that's really kind of messed up. The idea that Magellan and his guys just saw a bunch of very large people and decided that they would just grab them as really enormous human souvenirs. European explorers were terrible. So this is the root. This is the first sort of instance we have of this story. And it is not the only fantastic thing in Pigafetta's memoirs of the Magellan expedition. He also, for instance, talks about being in a giant storm, then suddenly the sky opened, and a bunch of saints came out to make the weather better. So I would take what he has to say with a grain of salt. But in those memoirs, uh, Pigafetta writes that the Magellan expedition decided to call these gigantic people the Patagau. And we don't know exactly what that means. Um, it could possibly be a reference to large feet in Portuguese, but the etymology is unclear. And other writers, explorers, and cartographers, they picked up on this. The giants started showing up elsewhere after they showed up 
in this initial manuscript. For instance, they started showing up in maps. So Pigafetta, he was writing in the late 1520s, and the first map that we know of to adapt his work into illustrated medium was in 1555. Uh, it was a series of maps made by a French cartographer named Guillaume Le Testu, whose work is, frankly, not cartographically exact, but it is sort of awesome. Le Testu was the kind of guy who would troll through manuscripts like Pigafetta's, look for interesting things about the various distant lands he was drawing, and put them on a map. And his map of the Straits of Magellan at the base of Patagonia shows a pair of giant guys fighting with a cat-like monster animal thing. And honestly, it's kind of amazing. If you want to see a bunch of inaccurate but colorful and garishly illustrated world maps, just do a Google search for Letestu's work, and it's not accurate or rigorous or useful, but it has cool monsters. And those of you who listened to the three-part episode on the travels of Sir John Mandeville, well, you might recognize a few of the various exotic beasties that got into Letestu's illustrations. So be on the lookout for that. And that was the start of the Patagonian giants becoming a trope on maps. For the next 250 years or so, Patagonia would get a doodle, a geographically specific doodle. And that doodle was often a really giant person with another normal-sized person for scale. And as this is happening, other European travelers to South America also reported seeing giants. Tales of 10-foot-tall South American Jotunheimer proliferated, with eyewitness accounts attesting to huge humans who dwarfed Europeans. One notable one was from an Englishman named John Byron, who had the amazing nickname Foul Weather Jack, who visited South America in 1764 and wrote that one of the Patagonians was, quote, of gigantic stature and seemed to realize the tales of monsters in human shape. I did not measure him, but if I may judge of his height by proportion of his stature to my own, it could not be less than seven feet, unquote. There's a little bit of discrepancy there. Pigafetta, you might remember, said that the guys in the Magellan expedition came up to a giant's waist, and John Byron here has guys who are seven feet tall. So it looks like some of the early texts don't agree with each other. Also, seven feet's kind of a downgrade. It is considerably shorter than the ten feet implied by the Magellan expedition. Still pretty huge, though. But other different explorers' accounts clashed with those of the like of Pigafetta and John Byron. Uh, some people actually did fact-check. For instance, Sir Francis Drake. When he was in South America in 1578, he didn't report seeing any humans of unusual size, and he remarked that some members of his crew were even taller than the Patagonian population that he met. So, what's going on here? It's not like South America contains a portal to Jotunheim, land of the frost giants, at least not that we know of. Where did these stories come from? So the person that Pigafetta and Magellan and the crew saw was almost certainly a member of the Tehuelche people, who are native to southern Argentina. And, as it turns out, that people who live in that cold region near the Antarctic, they are, indeed, pretty big. The average Tehuelche is just under six feet tall, and that does make them, on average, among the tallest people in the world. In the 1500s, Europeans such as the Portuguese and the Spaniards, well, they would have been a bit shorter than modern people, probably uh, a bit over five feet. So the Tehuelche would have looked 
extraordinarily impressive to them at, say, 5'11", 6 feet tall. And it's very possible that that height difference, which is significant but not inhuman, was exaggerated over time, and eventually we got tales of 10-foot-tall giants who were living in Patagonia. That's probably the explanation. There's another way more out-there, completely improbable explanation, that Magellan's crew could have been looking at a single extraordinary individual, like somebody with a pituitary condition. There is absolutely no way to prove this at all, this is just speculation, but the one naked dude that Pigafetta and the crew saw from their ships, that could have been kind of like an Andre the Giant sort of situation, somebody whose growth was out of control and who was not representative of the local population. That first impression might have stuck, and even though the other individuals were big but not inhumanly big, they got classed as giants. And as for subsequent reports of 10-foot-tall or 7-foot-tall giants, that's likely just good old confirmation bias, with people telling themselves that a kind of tall person is an inhumanly tall person, or people just making stuff up. If I had to go out on a limb, I would say that in the same way that flashing lights become a UFO, or creaking wood becomes the howl of a ghost, the kind of tall Tehuluche probably got turned into giants into telling. European accounts of the Patagonian giants began to fade in the late 1700s as more and more Europeans explored the area and found that, again, the people there were big but not that big. Uh, one thing that I wish I had as part of this narrative is what the Tehuelche thought of all this. And I hope that if any of them were to get wind of the news that in faraway lands people were describing them as just immense and huge and twice the size of normal humans, that they would be amused. I hope that that is the kind of reaction that they would have, that they would laugh at being exaggerated. But unfortunately, we do not have that part of the story, at least not that I could find. The accounts of finding giants are over, and the illustrations of giants on maps are gone. The name, though, still persists. Today, a huge tract of land is named after a creature of myth, the sort of monster that once bedecked maps, and, in a way, calling the lower reaches of South America Patagonia is a little goofy. It's kind of like calling my region, the Pacific Northwest, Bigfoot Stan. My takeaway on this, though? Some sports team in Argentina needs to be the fighting Patagons if they aren't already. Um, I wasn't able to find any teams called the Patagons or the Giants or anything like that in Argentina, but that would be great. I am all for turning cryptids and mythical things associated with a given region into sporting mascots. Like, I sort of wish that the Portland Trailblazers used Bigfoot as their mascot. And I'm perpetually amused that there is a hockey team called the Jersey Devils. So the Fighting Patagons, they could be like a rugby team, or a soccer team, or I don't know, maybe there's some cool Argentinian sport that I've never heard of. In any case, in any case, their logo could be like a rugby player twice the size of other smaller human rugby players. That would be great. I would wear that jersey for a region named after a creature that never ever existed. We exist, this podcast is real, and you should support it. Go to weirdhistorypodcast.com to sign up for a monthly subscription on Patreon. This podcast exists purely, wholly, and completely because you say it does. So go do that thing. Uh, also go on iTunes, give us ratings and reviews and the like. That helps more people discover the show. Uh, I'm on Twitter, 
at Joe Streckert. We're also on Tumblr, joestreckert.tumblr.com. All of it, facebook.com slash weirdhistorypodcast. Thank you very much for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye. (laughs) 